I went towards them and I kind of just started crying. Like it wasn't even like a, <laughs> I burst out into tears. <laughs> I had no idea why. I was just so like, I did not just do that. I did do that. Good job. Horrible job. <laughs> Everything all at once. All the right. All the feels. Bear of the Free Child is a weekly podcast that centers diverse narratives, insightful commentary, learning with our children and de-schooling ourselves, owning our multiple identities and treating children with dignity, creating community and sharing conversation from often silenced spaces, breathing life into liberation practices proactively and on purpose. It's about parenting. It's about self-directed education, loving. It's about learning, liberatory practices, defining love for ourselves and giving our love to as much of the world as it can possibly contain. Let's find each other. Let's support each other. All of these stories are important and should be shared. Peace, y'all. This is episode 38 of Fear of the Free Child podcast, and I'm handing the microphone over to Marley Richards, my firstborn. (laughs) She's going to chat a little bit about our experiences in South Africa, first time on the motherland continent. And it's cool. I'm looking forward to your feedback on it because this is not going to be like, here's how we learned. Here is why unschooling is awesome. You're just going to be hearing from Marley. And you know, whatever you gather from that, you gather from that. And I think it's really cool to be in a position to have a young person just share their experience without having them on display or having them attempt to validate what someone may or may not believe, you know, you're just having a conversation like you would with an adult, you know? Well, I guess it's not really a conversation because you're not talking back and forth, (laughs) but you'll get to listen. And um, yeah, I didn't give much parameters. You might hear my voice in the background being like, for real? Is that what happened? What about this? But mostly you'll hear Marley. Looking forward to your feedback. Of course, you know, you can head over to AkilaSRichards.com and you can leave me a voicemail there. You can email me at she at AkilaSRichards.com. And as Marley will remind you, you can also support the show by donating over at Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Akila, A-K-I-L-A-H. All right. You're going to enjoy this episode. You're going to enjoy the next episode. You're going to enjoy the one after that. (laughs) And I'm always happy to have you listening in. Looking forward to your feedback. Let's take it away, Marley. Hello, everybody. I'm going to be using this episode to speak about my experiences over the course of my time in South Africa, as we just recently got to Costa Rica, and it's already great here, so hopefully I can talk about that some more at a later date, but for now, it's good old essay, right? So, firstly, I mean, wow, there's a lot of experiences I could talk about forever and ever, but I shall begin with my new best friends, yeah, definitely best friends, uh, Michaela and Khadija. I, they're both unschoolers, which is great, we have no particular bedtime, so we kind of just stay up and talk about whatever over the internet or over Skype or anything like that. Stories. Uh, <laughs> how we met. So firstly, we met Michaela at a 
it wasn't really a dinner party, but it was kind of like a get together because mom and Miss Akia, Michaela's mom, they've known each other for a while. So as soon as we got to South Africa, there was like, oh, we have to meet up. And we, we went there and Sage and I already had the plan to kind of be in our corner and just talk with one another because Michaela seemed to be doing something. And Sage is not the most outgoing person, but, um, we saw that she was playing a video game or something like that. So we went over and we said, oh, what are you doing? She said, oh, I'm making something for, you know, such and such. We pretty much share all the fandoms in the world. What's a fandom? Oh, a fandom is, I mean, it's basically the fan base of a series. And so we pretty much share a love for all those books and TV shows and whatnot. So... We started talking about that, and she put us onto the series, and we started watching a couple episodes, and after that, Sage kind of came over, and she said, what are you playing? What are you doing? To me. But Michaela answered, and so, you know, we just kept talking and talking, and the longer we talked, the more time went on. Both Michaela and Sage started being a lot more open. Sage was definitely hype. Like, I say that a lot. She's an introvert, but she is hype. And... <laughs> It was great. Pretty much by the time we left, we had our own little bow handshake. By the time we left that dinner party, yes, that gathering, we had our own handshake, our own bow. And we said, okay, so we need to have a sleepover now immediately. And they said, not tonight. We're like, man. But we did end up coming back maybe, what, was that like two weeks or something? Probably. Yeah. So around two weeks later, we had our first sleepover there. It was great. We had we did this giant snack run and everything, and it was at such time that we started developing OCs together. What are OCs? Uh, OCs are original characters. They're, I mean, any character in a series that's derivative of that series or of that author is technically an OC, but in this context, it's a character that we made specifically for the series that we were pretty much in love with at the time. What's the name of the series? Ruby. Okay. Yeah, Ruby. And so you guys collaborate on OCs? We have our own separate characters, but we do help each other out a lot, mm -hmm. especially with our fan fiction writing and things like that. I'm pretty much the proofreader. Michaela is the overall, you know, she comes up with the ideas. Sage does the art. So it's a good mixture. We actually have some teams together because in the show, each team is just four people. So I'll make like one and then Michaela will make one and I'll make one together and Sage will make one. So when you're not together in person, you just collaborate in like Google Docs or you have, um, where where do you write the stuff out together? Like We wait, write we separate characters. Yes, we do you... have separate characters, but we help each other out with a lot of aspects. And what do you do with the characters? Where do you... We role play most of the time mm. or we use them to make fan fiction like i said and sage and michaela are actually working on a fan fiction right now it's awesome it has <laughs> almost 200 likes on the main platform we posted it on they posted it on which is amino so What's i'm an super amino, happy the for them it's just an app mm. is it um the name itself i'm not sure if it has any particular meaning but it is an app and you're allowed to make virtual communities for specific series and topics and things like that mm. so it's it's been our main form of communication i was actually on amino for a really long time and i brought it up somehow and sage had been on it for a while um then as well and Michaela was like, oh, wait, amino i'm on amino we all went yay <laughs> so we immediately made this chat and pretty much a week after 
we left yeah this was all over the course of like that one night and that morning afternoon type thing so after we left we came back i don't know maybe another two weeks or a week or so later it was another get together and this time there was one of michaela's friends and her name is khadija we call her Dij. i had no idea who she was sage had no idea who she was so we you know, kind of just to get to know each other and be out of the super loud space, because believe it or not, Michaela is an introvert. <laughs> um, to be out of that space, we went outside and we took a walk around the complex. Complex is super nice and giant and everything. So <laughs> we were out um, till pretty late and it was, we were, we were fine. Nothing happened. And that's where we got to know Deej. We came to know that she also made OCs and she actually drew her character's weapons just as Sage would draw her character's appearances. So we were all super excited. We were like, collabo, we need to do everything now. And <laughs> so we ended up pretty much inviting her to the roleplay chats because we had like two or three. And we also did a roleplay outside. We were like, well, let's be our characters in this situation or this situation <laughs> and figure out what they would do. And quite honestly, we came to have our own style of development, not just of characters, but also of developing our characters, which I thought was super cool. Like other so people kind of influenced how you did that. Developing your character. And by style of development, I mean, you know, how, how would you word this? How would you do that? You know, it gave depth. One character that I made is Ursula Flores Violetta. That's her. Well, she has a middle name, but I scrapped it. It was Ursula Hyacinth Flores Violetta. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I feel like she wouldn't, she wouldn't do this due to his personality being this. And Michaela said, well, why don't we just make the entire character? I was like, oh, okay. I can make a form then. And I made a form and we went over, you know, we went through a bunch of images to get in inspiration for her appearance. And I said, I think I'll just make something. So I got art done by um, a friend. And from there, I pretty much took inspiration from Michaela and Deej themselves about her mannerisms and the type of people that she hangs around Interaction with real people does help me with my characters. And I think when I say style of development, that's what I mean. Because a lot of characters, it seems like the people just made, they said, okay, we're going to make a fictional character. You know, they have no dimensions, they have no layers. So being around real people that take an interest in developing <laughs> real people, because I say that my OCs, you know, jokingly are my children, but I develop them like they're people. There are endless things you can do. Mm -hmm. um, being around real people definitely helped me add more layers to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we pretty much share that that tight bond. It's like, OC maker club packed thing forever. <laughs> Sage does art, but I do research to make them canonically correct. And canon is basically anything that's happened in the show, like how fan fiction can be separate from the canon timeline. Mm -hmm. And... uh so I just make sure that everything's – I am I am admittedly a bit of a snob. I'm a bit of a canon snob. Uh, I do my best to give the information rather than coerce people into changing it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yes, it's true. It's true. I try not to be a coercive unschooler. Um, And I think it turns out quite well because we all have the information and we're free to make the decisions and we still develop our characters individually, but still with the help of others, the assistance, the information that others have gathered. So we share a lot. We talk a lot. Cool. Aside from my besties, because pretty much the entire time we were there, it was like, Michaela, this, Deej, that, we need to do this and that next time we're there. So aside from that, I still had an excellent time at an amazing time. And another thing that happened was our, our apprenticeship, Sage and I, uh, no, yes, I don't know, grammatically something. Sage and I's <laughs> apprenticeship at the Baker Brothers in, was that Melville? Melville. Yes, mm-hmm. in Melville at 27 boxes. It was great. So we went initially, because where we were, we were maybe like a five minute walk away from 27 boxes. So we went up there just to kind of figure out what the place was like. And there's a night market on Wednesdays. And we went up there. uh, They have live entertainment, which I shall speak about later. And when we went past the Baker Brothers, they had the open the open doors and everything, and they had just a bunch of bread in the side windows and in the front, and we were just like, well, why don't we take a look at the bread? Because why not? And they had some good stuff on display, so we went in. You go directly into the, the shop, which I think is pretty cool. You don't just stand at the counter. Unless it's the night market, you just walk in and look around and... um. Yeah, like right yeah. where they're baking and right, right where by they're, the oven. Yeah. Yep, you're right by the oven where they're baking. You can watch them. They'll let you help out. Like they te- they, I think it may have been that first day that we were there that they taught us how to make a loaf of uh, sourdough bread. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. there mm-hmm. we as we talked, you know, kind of while we made the bread, we learned that there were four brothers that owned the owned the bakery. And they were all from Zimbabwe. It was Zimbabwe or Mozambique? Zimbabwe. Yeah, from Zimbabwe. Yeah. So they were saying how they came to uh, Melville and they opened the bakery and everything. And of course, mom and dad were like, oh, well, that's, that's amazing. And so so were we. But we were more concerned with like, okay, can we have our bread now? Can we eat some bread, please? <laughs> um, so we did, actually. We got a loaf of bread and and we came back couple days later, come to find out that we would actually, like, if we wanted to, we could help make the bread consistently, you know? And I said, well, who who does the counter? And they said, well, we, we bake and we do the counter. So some people, most of the time there'll be, everybody's working, all four of the brothers are working. And whenever someone comes up to the counter, they'll speak. And I said, well, why don't you have someone there all the time? And I said, I'll, I'll just try it. Could it be cool if I could try it? And they said, yeah, definitely, man, the counter, woman, the counter. <laughs> and I said, yeah, great, I'll do that. And Sage said, well, I can help bake. And I was like, Sage, you need to be more, you need to be more outgoing or you should help me or something like that. Why are you Sage always said, pushing no. her to be outgoing? I know. It's, it's just, I, sometimes I just need her to be there or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> but she did end up doing it. I, that was actually our main way of, Growing more comfortable with the currency mm-hmm. of the rand and their um their cents and things like that because we had to learn the conversions quick. We had to learn what went together where in order to give out change. Mm-hmm. So we would go there pretty much as often as we could, and we developed the schedule of 
Wednesdays and Saturdays mm. mostly. Wednesdays were the night market and Saturdays were when two two or so of the brothers were out to kind of stock up. So they were low on people. So we'd always come out and help. You remember their names? Okay, I'm going to try to remember their names. It's Tafara, Takunda, Sam, and... Uh, Tadi. Tadi. Yes. Tadi. Okay, so Tafara, <laughs> Takunda, Sam, and Tadi. And Tafara and Takunda are... Tafara and Takunda are twins. Yes. They look so, so much Yeah, they're alike. identical twins. They're identical twins. Yeah. Yes. It's it's super cool. Actually. So what else happened at the night market? Tell us about the um entertainment. Yeah. Live entertainment. So how <laughs> how I said I went Wednesdays how I said we went Wednesdays at that night market where there was live entertainment. I I started to wonder because I just saw people kinda come in and out with their instruments and everything. It it didn't seem as uh, not professional. I suppose it did just seem casual. Like people were kind of just coming up and they said, oh, could I sing? Yeah, I'm going to sing. So I saw the woman walking around. There's a little stand that says information or something like that right across from where the performers, you know, perform. <laughs> and I, I walked in. I said, Sage, can you just hold down a counter? She said, fine. And I walked in and I said, uh, do, you, do you hire those people from a specific agency or something? She said, no, they just come in, they do an audition. And if we like them, then they come back and with a schedule and we pay them. And I said, oh, so would I be able to, would I be able to audition? Would I be able to perform? And she said, absolutely. When would you like to do it? I said, well, when can I? She said, now. Uh, just, you know, after this act, you know, maybe f 10, 15 minutes afterwards, she said, well, why don't you come along? And I said, okay, I'll d what song do I do? I started panicking. I went right back to Sage. I was like, Sage, do you mind just holding down the counter a little bit more? Because I'm going to be at the microphone. She's like, Marley, no, you're not. I said, yes, I am. <laughs> I am going to be there because I'm going to try and sing something. She's like, Marley, you can't do that. Jokingly, of course. Half jokingly, maybe, but um, <laughs> but I said yes, I'm gonna do it, and so she eventually agreed, and she helped me pick out a song, and I decided because I'm generally speaking, I'm trying to get rid of it, but I am more comfortable singing or performing, performing voice wise in Japanese. So I said, okay, I'll just sing a Japanese song. I sang one real quick. I didn't even sing all of it, honestly. I just sang like one minute thirty seconds, probably. That was it. And everyone was like, what language was that? How did you do that? I was like, it's Japanese. And I learned it because I watched anime and then the subtitles just told them the whole story of that. And But let me ask you this. Wasn't there, weren't you like, I don't know if I should do it. What, didn't someone prompt you to ask them about it and find out about the singing? I feel like you're skipping that part because I know I was like, Marley, you should totally find out whether you could sing. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't know. I forgot. Honestly, I forgot. <laughs> yes. I, mom just mentioned that she was actually the one who prompted me Give to me go credit. and ask that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I shall give her credit for being the one who started out and said, Marley, you should go ask. And she actually offered to watch to hold down the counter along with Sage. And Sage was like, fine, I need to show you the ropes then. And Mom was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I thought I just had to sit and talk to people. <laughs> yeah, I, said, I didn't want to do actual No, stuff. she was like, I don't want to do the, the change and everything. So I was <laughs> like, I do the change anyway. So, oh, good. So... While I was out, Mom and Sage were taking care of the counter. Actually, made a couple sales, which is awesome. <laughs> and we and how was that singing? In yeah, front of the audience. It was horrifying. Not as bad as 
not as bad as singing in English, which I later came to do. And the longest that I actually sang for my duration of the the schedule, I sang four, yeah, I sang four songs. All of them in English, all of them full length. I panicked. I panicked so much. <laughs> I, my voice, I could hear my voice cracking to maybe like the third or fourth song. <laughs> but I kept going. And even awesome. though it sounded every time, every time I hit that note, I was like, you failure. <laughs> but I, um, I ended and I said, thank you. And before I really even knew what was going on, I was just kind of walking away because Sage and yet again, Michaela were sitting in the audience and they were like, you got this, Marley, you got this the entire time. So when I was done, I went towards them and I kind of just started crying. Like it wasn't even like, a <laughs> I burst out into tears. <laughs> I had no idea why I was just so like, I did not just do that. I did do that. Good job. Horrible job everything <laughs> all at once all right all the feels so i think that's what it was and michaela was like patting my head like Shh, it was amazing sage was like eh, it was okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah sage is supportive do not be fooled she is very supportive i actually ended up getting the woman's card and she said well whenever you come back you know we have a space for you we pay you i was like we need to go back now i made it in south africa yo so <laughs> Uh, we yeah so that's why i say that's one of the reasons why i say that we will be going back because i need to make that paper and now it is <laughs> i guess you could say it's time for deej's story as well we went to kruger park and we stayed with her we stayed family. yeah we stayed with her family it was that was also great pretty much everything there was great if yeah. not everything and they there had the um, was trampoline great. in the back they had a trampoline in the farm. back they live yeah. on a farm yeah, yo and they were so kind and sweet and all their kids oh <laughs> um yeah they were all very nice we played a bunch of games and everything it first night okay first night we had jewelry is baking and pasta and pizza and it was just <laughs> i was so happy i said we're actually leaving in like a day why <laughs> and but it, the time that we spent there was excellent so we went to kruger park we woke up really 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 early um i i, I didn't like i barely knew what was going on <laughs> So we had to get there. I think we went on a Saturday as well. So we had to get there before all the traffic to Kruger Park, as well as uh, checking in and making sure we had everything in the car and whatnot, uh, going over the maps, which was my job. I was so salty. It was like, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> but I, I did. And we went through, we saw a, a giraffe crossing the street. We saw a bunch of... um Crossed right by our car. Yeah, crossed right by the car. We elephants. elephants. Uh, we also saw springboks. Yeah, springbok or kilp springer. I can't remember which it is, but we saw a bunch of them were like posted up. <laughs> the when we drove past, they were completely either completely still, or they met our eyes as we drove past. So they were just kind of watching, like what what you trying to do, <laughs> what what you doing here? And uh, mom, pretty much everyone in the car actually came to the conclusion that we were the attractions to them rather than them being the attractions to us because the place is 
huge. We d- I don't even think we saw like half of it. No. Not maybe not even a quarter. And we spent it's, the entire we day. spent the entire day from like six a.m. to eight p.m. or something like that. We spent the entire day there. Didn't even see like a quarter of it. Yeah. It was around six p.m. Humongous. And then tell them how because of you. We got out of the gate relatively. <laughs> so, um, we actually took us, there were a bunch of stops all around the place because there are also lodges because people spend, you know, days, maybe even a week there or something like that. So we spent time, uh, one in particular. We spent time at one in particular. I, but we um, didn't spend any time in a lodge. No, no, we didn't spend time in a lodge, but it was at one of the, I guess you could call it a pit stop, sorta. There were different areas that had kind of, they were all themed differently. You know, they had different restaurants and gift shops and whatnot. And one of the ones that we stopped at was right by a river, a river type area. And we saw buffalo as well as baboons. baboons. <laughs> and, um, man, okay. So the baboons were, walking like they were right by the trees across the electric fence there was an electric fence and i watched mosquitoes fly into them and when we went there they were kind of climbing in the trees just you know having fun and then they started jumping down across from the trees onto the actual trail where we were where we were (laughs) we were maybe a couple strides away from them I, I, it was actually really cool. I wasn't, I wasn't all that scared, surprisingly. And I went back to go check on our food. Food was really good. And by the time I came back, Sage and Mom were recording a baboon that was pretty close to them. They were saying, you can, because actually he was, appreh- it seemed that they were apprehensive to jump down like the rest of the other, the others did. It was like, he was like, yeah, I think it was, he, I have no idea. Um, they were like, hmm, I don't know if I should go. Don't assume and, his gender. Yeah, my <laughs> bad. Um, so mom and Sage were recording and then uh, got too close or it, it jumped down actually. And they immediately backed away because <laughs> melanin. And they they were like, we were recording and then it just jumped down and we were like a step away from it. And I said, oh, of course you walked away. They're not scary. Mom's like, I don't care. And we, so we just went in the other direction. We had our food. Our food was really good. It was very good. And um, after that, we got back in the car. I had the map and we were driving. We were trying to drive down to another area that, had a another pit stop type thing that had another another attraction i guess you could say and mom and dad went to go get some coffee and some muffins and things and sage and i were just waiting in the car and as i i was i had my phone because i needed spotify i needed something i needed music right so i was checking my phone and i said oh well the gates because i read through all the pamphlets and everything i said well the gates close at six it's like 5 30 it's like yeah it was a contract that said they may not let you out and we can't and they can't be held accountable if they don't let you out because you're everyone's supposed to be out by six unless you're spending the night and we did not intend to spend the night so i said well it's 5 30 so you just like just give it time no biggie and we did give it time and then they got back i said well we we need to go go and because we intended to they intended to just stop there use the bathroom get something to drink possibly get a little snack and then we'd go up to another area near a lodge that had like a, a sunset view or something like that and i said well we don't have time for that we need to go 
and they said, well, where do you see that, such and such? And we were just trying to go over what the actual game plan was. I said, I don't care about anything. We need to go because they could actually not let us go. And I don't want to be hyena food. I don't want to be anything food. I want to eat food outside <laughs> of the park, please. And um, it got darker and darker as we drove along because we were trying to get to one. Initially, we planned to come in the gate that we came in and go out that same gate because there are gates all over the place. One could take five hours to get to one. So we were just trying to get to that gate. I said, we're not going to make it. And so dad and I had to go over that mom, dad and I actually had to go over what gate we were actually going to exit. And even that was a very long way because the signs pointing to various areas that we plan to use to get towards the proper gate are really low to the ground and on little stone hedge things. And they don't have any lights on the roads at yeah, all. So, so when you drive... It's not meant for you to need signs. It's not meant for you to need to roads. Home. Yeah, you're supposed to be <laughs> in your lodge or out of the park. So every time there was just a little speckle of black and we we're like well we should turn we should look back and see what that is so we did a lot of turning around a lot of driving really fast and really slow and we eventually got we eventually got out fortunately <laughs> and but when we got when we got home you know our home for the time being we were told by uh Dijid's mom that sometimes they don't actually let people out like they were so like they were so serious when they said we can let you out and we can't let you out and there's nothing you can do about it so we got really lucky reimagine learning center it was fantastic yet again truly because you know i I met a lot of unschoolers there which was very very surprising even in atlanta when we stay there for months, months at a time, mm-hmm. you don't meet a lot of unschoolers unless we go to a meet or something like that. And even though that was a center that I'm not sure if it was specifically for unschoolers or it not. It was a self-directed education space. It still felt completely natural. When they had the opening, the kind of welcome, we're here type party, then there were kids that had set up stands. So we were buying, you know, pancakes with strawberry jelly and bananas on top from eight-year-olds. Or we were getting our hot cocoa from 12-year-olds who were like, okay, as I actually bargained with one of them. Like, it was... I got them to lower the price of <laughs> hot cocoa so that sa- so that all three of us could get uh, me, Michaela, and Sage could get something on our budget. Yeah, <laughs> a budget. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that whole all of the experiences going there were great yeah that was the first one mm-hmm. the second one was when we went to we volunteered to help with planting in their garden gardens pretty big because the whole space is large and pretty so <laughs> we were helping garden and we yeah it dad dad went in he said because he was he was in the country a lot when he was younger, so it was really cool to see Dad just being in his element, of course, uh, gardening, and he seemed very happy. And and while Mom and Dad continued planting, we went to the store with Miss Cherie, who works with um, Sebastian and Shivani, who who are the um, they run the they run they run the center. We went out with her. And we, when we were at the store, actually, there was a security guard or something or somebody like that. He was in 
every aisle that we were in. I say every. And I turned around and he was gone. I said, okay, that's weird. We need to go. We need to go. And we left and with the helping Miss Sheree shop and everything. And she said, well, we're right by a um, kind of that downtown-ish area. And why don't I show you around? Because there are a lot of, there are also a lot of historical buildings. Well, there are a lot of new, you, you could say um, hip, <laughs> new hip places that I like to go. I'll spend an entire weekend down there. We said, oh, well, okay, let's go. And we did, and there were, I mean, it was really cool. It was like, um, it actually reminded me a lot of downtown Decatur, but better because there was a lot, yeah, which is in Metro Atlanta, but better because there were, there was a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot of art on the walls and everything. And she was telling us how there's this uh, graffiti artist called Taps in South Africa, Taps with a Z. And we at pretty much after that, we started looking out for his name and counting everything, counting whatever we saw his signature somewhere. And oh, yeah, apparently I, I took a lot of good pictures. I was a I was the main photographer during such time. So mm-hmm. that was cool because we had dad's camera. I really want dad's camera. Just generally speaking, I need to buy him another one for his birthday so I can have that one. Um, yeah, that, so that was the, the, it might've been the second or third time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the final time was when I was managing social media for one of my mom's conferences that was being hosted at the center. And. Not a conference, more so a workshop. Yeah. Yeah. A a workshop lecture type thing, I guess you could say. And I was the social media manager. So the day before, she gave me like maybe a 10-minute rundown or a 20-minute rundown of uh, how to use – what was it that I was using? Hootsuite. Yeah, of how to use Hootsuite and what type of things I was supposed to post, uh, what hashtags I would include, how to work within the the character limitations of each social media. And so – you know, I was managing that whole thing alongside one of Michaela's older brothers, Kamil. I actually ended up showing him how to do it just before the the conference started, or just before the lecture started. So I learned very quickly, I guess, because it, it was so it was so surprisingly easy. Just whenever something clicked with me within the actual workshop, did I have to write something down or schedule for things to be written? And it was so easy going. You know, I got up to get muffins from the table and whatnot, and I'd just come back and be just fine. And I, I found out later, maybe a couple days later, that I did really well. So that was good to hear. Yeah. So with all these stories, the uh, the overarching point I'm trying to make, I guess, is South Africa was awesome. I mean, I, I would not change a thing. It was amazing. I would definitely go back. We will go back. I know we will. I I feel like I left with a lot more experience and I suppose context than I did when I got there. So I look forward to going back and having more stories to share. So <laughs> thank you very much for listening to me talk about life experiences that I had. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, want to hear more, 
I do the intros and stuff, so you know, you'll hear more of my voice as well, then I would love for you to support the podcast going to patreon.com forward slash Akila. And I do hope to see your comments and reactions and things. So thank you very much once again. Thanks for listening to Fair the Free Child podcast. Like the show? Then show your love or give your feedback at akilasrichards.com. 